Welcome back, everybody, to the CNC replay. I'm Noel. <laughs> I'm Corey. I, th I thought I totally usually. The numbers to start taking, uh, and I couldn't. I didn't want to get cut off. Oh. <laughs> uh, the pause was so weird and awkward. I was. I was. I thought it was because like we couldn't like decide on who was gonna do it, but. Uh... <laughs> no, I have just assumed at this point that I'm just gonna do all the intros unless you have a weird stroke of mood change and just take it from me one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I did once, so, but I can't imagine that I'm going to do that. Out of how many episodes? Almost 80? Chill out. Chill the heck out. <laughs> Chill the heck out. All right. I think I've probably done about 55 of those intros. Chris has done the other, like, 15. And then you've I, done your three. I've, I've, got, to, I've, got, to, I've got to save my words for the rest of the pod i only i only have so many words that i can use okay yeah that's what it is just kidding all right so here's my here's my fluff the five minute fluff Your or whatever fluff. perfect uh since college football has started i have like literally spent my saturdays on the couch and i don't do anything which is I'm nice. Even a little bit surprised. Which is great. Well, this this past weekend was the first weekend of NFL football. So on Saturday, I sat around, watched college. I watched the Alabama Texas game, which was crazy, uh, and then I watched football for the rest of the day. Had some had some glizzies, um, so that was tasty. And then uh, I, what else did I do? And then uh, Sunday came around. Went to church. Went out to lunch. I came back and I watched football for like eight more hours after that. So oh my, gosh. my weekends in the fall are just me on my couch watching football. And it's incredible. I wouldn't really I, like, and then maybe we'll go out to dinner or something like that. I really wouldn't want to have it any other way. If I'm being completely honest. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot relate. What do fall you do on your, season. I got to do stuff. I mean, we'll do stuff. We'll you just you just said that your weekends in the fall are just watching football. Uh, it's fine. Perfectly fine. It is. It is fine. Fine being the key word there. Yes, very much so. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay. Whoopsies. Whoopsies. Anyway, five-minute fluff, not too much. What do you do with your fall, Noel? What do I do with my fall? Yeah. I like hiking in the fall. I like, you know, cider mills. What, what's it called? Ooh, gosh. Uh, Robinettes is right up the road, so I'm there all the time because sure. donuts and cider, my dude. Uh, bonfires, big fan of those. Oh, uh, who doesn't? Just hanging out. I like getting people together. That's, that's the beautiful you know me, thing. I always have people around. I love having folks... At my place. And That's true. With me and doing stuff. Well, the beautiful thing is I watch football with other people. Sunday is the big, we turn on all four TVs and oh, watch. Right. I forgot that you have like a full like sports bar in your living room. Yes. We watch Red Zone and then whoever's like team is playing. So while everyone was watching like the Browns and the Bengals, I had a little TV for the Lions. And How I was little just. How little was this TV? Uh, the smallest of your the four. Phone? No, 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 okay. no, no, no. It was, it was like probably three times the size of like a laptop screen or okay. maybe two and a half, I'd say. So small, but. Do you know the inches of the TV? That no, I'm, no, I don't take the time to do that. So. Okay. Usually people just know that when they buy the TV. Right. Right. Not you. Not Corey. Not, I didn't buy the TV. It wasn't mine. It will lead with that. Okay. Well, oh, well, I just, I don't have four TVs. I don't even have one here. I just use Luke's massive array of TVs. Okay. That's so Luke it. Luke is the, the TV mastermind. Luke is the TV mastermind. By Speaking far. of football. Speaking. Like jump into our boys. Speaking of football, and this is a Detroit area sports podcast where we talk about Detroit area sports. Da, 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 da. Noel, I did it again. 
You got and really I, hype about something that you probably didn't get really hype about. And I have no one to blame but myself. Correct. Because I was there going, hold on, it's been one touchdown. I, I can't I can't remember. Did I say the Lions were going to beat the Eagles? Yes. I did? Yes, you did. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, you said because it was you said the Eagles are really good, but that you thought that the Lions hype and like their full energy would have pushed them over the edge. And to be fair, they weren't too far away. No. I I the Lions covered, I think, cuz the Eagles were a three and a half point favorite and they won by 3. So the Lions did cover in that game. I I was just I was just so disappointed. The defense was uh, okay. Let's let's just go. Let's just go through it. Okay. Let's go from top to bottom. Go. All right. So so Jalen Hurts, uh, is like hovering this like place of of like is he good? Is he not? Well, you know, what is he? And uh, the man for the majority of the game didn't throw a touchdown pass against the Lions. What killed? The Lions was the fact that he was a scrambler and he ran all over the place. I mean, the guy must have had. I, I need to look at the box score again. Uh, he still did. He did not throw a touchdown pass the whole game. He was eighteen of thirty-two for two hundred forty-three yards in the air with an average completion percentage of seven seven point six yards per completion. He had an eighting. He had a sixty-four point three quarterback or QBR. So that's like the all income. That's like WAR basically. Um, mm-hmm. And he had 17 carries for 90 yards and a touchdown, which was which was good for second on the team with Miles Sanders, uh, who was just six yards more than him. So Jalen Hurts, like, didn't even hurt the Lions in the air at all. It was all on the ground. And they still scored 38 points. If not for the Kansas City Chiefs this week, the the Lions would have given up the most points in the NFL at home without the quarterback, without the starting quarterback throwing a touchdown pass. That is, I really don't know what to think about that because it, I, I I'm at, I'm really at a loss for words because the defense couldn't stop anybody. Malcolm Rodriguez looked okay, or not okay. He looked very good. He looked very good. He Jeff Okuda. Fully bodying people. Yes, he was. Jeff Okuda somehow looked really good. He shut down Devontae Smith. But the bad thing was that they had to worry about A.J. Brown at the other side, um, and he he kind of he kind of popped off for 155 yards. Um, so mm-hmm. uh, not not good. By any stretch of the means, they're still at a space where they can't stop anybody on defense. It's impossible. And the Eagles mm-hmm. are not this juggernaut. They have one of the better offensive lines in the NFL, sure. That's fine. And I guess that's uh, applicable to the fact that they almost had 200 yard rushers on the team. Um, but one was mostly for the fact that the quarterback has the best legs on the team. It just looks really bad that your opponent scored 38 points on you at home when you're starting or when the starting quarterback didn't throw a single touchdown in the air. That doesn't look good. Four different ball carriers with a touchdown. I mean, what more? What, it's this. It it it's the same story over and over again. There's highlights mm-hmm. like there are every week. Like we said, Malcolm Rodriguez looked really good. Jeff Okuda, and I mentioned this like 10 seconds. I just literally repeated myself. Um, Jeff Okuda, I think, had one completion on him all game, something like that. So his speed is coming back. His coverage is coming back. Okay, cool. That's awesome. Um, But uh, why did we give up 38 points? Especially, I, I don't have an answer. Especially with the improvements, uh, Hutchinson did not do a good job at contain at containment, um, allowing uh, Jalen Hurts to scramble all over the place. He was the he was the quarterback that was sacked the twenty seventh fewest times in the league last year. So bottom okay. third, 
bottom third in sacks. Yeah. That that speaks on the offensive line. But the the guy was just running around doing whatever the heck he wanted. Yeah, you could have you could have ran. I don't Wild think he Cat. stayed in the pocket for longer. You know, I think he played, stayed in the pocket for maybe ten plays, and the rest of it he was just like running around. Yeah, uh, that's an exaggeration, but that's what it felt like. The Eagles were ten of seventeen uh, on third down. Not great for the Lions' defense, and they were two for three on fourth down. Lions were one for one, but but still. Um, the Eagles ran 72 total plays for a total yardage of 455 yards with an average of 6.3 yards per carry, which was almost a full yard above what the Lions were doing. And which is it, – it's a tale of two halves because the – Isn't it always? It's, it, it's it always. always. I'm pretty sure that's just SOL. And the stats are so not convincing. Right. Like Jared Goff for the majority of the first, you had a first, you had a first half hundred yard rusher essentially in DeAndre Swift. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Swift uh, had a hundred and forty four yard rushing day. I don't think I've ever seen that in my life, ever. That's the most rushing yards we've ever. And we knew this. We knew this going into the year that the Lions were going to be great on the ground, and they were. They had 100 rushing yards from one guy in the first half. Mm -hmm. And yet you were down by three scores. If If you are committing to the run and you are succeeding in that, that is inexcusable for you to be down by that much at home. And that's that strictly falls on quarterback play. Uh, mm-hmm. y- y- the whole point of establishing the run is so that you can keep the defense on their toes. And they were not stopping Swift. It was clear. Why can't you do anything through the air? Makes no sense to me. Jared Goff finished with a QBR of under 50, passer rating of 80.4, um, and he was 21 of 37 through two for 215 yards. Um, excuse me. I'm sorry. Okay. I just like, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's demoralizing cause it's not, you saw some good things, but like, again, the moral victories, like, We've seen we've seen this game like this Lions stay in it a million times. It's like the it's like the Tigers this year. Like like they're not like it. It's different because the Tigers are not entertaining right now. Um, but like you don't tune into the games because it's the same story over and over. Like if they don't score a run within the first four innings, then um, it, it's toast. They're gonna be it's gonna be impossible. They go down two zero early in the fourth or two two zero in the first. The, the game's over. It's a loss. Last year, this this is actually I think the exact same game as last year. 49ers come into town. There's a lot of hype, a lot of a lot of energy. They were losing by three scores. They come back and they lose by three. Literally the same story. And we're looking for a change. You got a whole nother season. It's the first game. It's probably one of the trendier picks in the NFC as far as like who's going to be good, who's going to be not. The Eagles are probably going to win the NFC East. They're going to host a playoff game. So that's a good team. So at what point do we get to in this season? Like what game when you're looking at that list? What like what which game do we get to to the point where you're like, okay, this we have officially like lost air quotes the season. Like this is not where we need to be. I wanna say like that. I wanna say game six, but it's gonna happen at game four. <laughs> gonna give up that early? Just, just but like let's look let's look at the Let's look at the teams the Lions have to play. Yeah. So they have to play the Commanders. Carson Wentz is a mystery of a player. Okay. Uh, the Vikings, they go to Minnesota, so they'll lose that game. So the first three games, they'll be one and two. Kind of expected, kind of not. Okay. If they lose the Commanders game, then I, I'd, I'd be ready to just throw in the towel because that's a game you need to win and a game that you're okay. favored in. 
as well. So really, we're at two, is what you're telling me. If we get to two... If we get to two and lose, then I'm ready. Because <laughs> it's just the same thing. It's just It'll be the same story. You get all this hype how things are going to be different and then it, it, you got to see some results some some yeah. like somewhere along the way I fully agree and this is really tough because like you're not expecting this lions team to make it into the playoffs but like you still want to see some life and some difference the yeah. reason that we were okay with like 3 and whatever the heck we were last year is because the play on the field was different they sucked but at least they were trying so it's like okay yeah. so yeah if we get that same story this year we suck, but at least we're trying. Is that really improvement? No, it's not. You need to see some sort of results to go along alongside with that. Um, so they play the Commanders next week. You got to win that game. It's a game you're favored. Uh, they play the. They go to Minnesota where they're opening almost as like a eight point underdog. They'll lose that game. And then I don't even know what to do with the Seahawks because Geno Smith is like Geno Smith had a great game against the Broncos defense in Seattle. It's a different story because, you know, they have to travel to Detroit. That is a winnable game. That is a game the Lions should win, especially at home. If they lose that game, if, if they lose that game against the Seahawks, I'll, I'll, I'll be done. I'm, I'll be emotionally checked out. I'm a little bit emotionally checked out right now, but... I think you've just had one hit after the other when it comes to disappointment in the last couple months, so maybe just, like, hold off on that. Right. For the minute, and don't project your Tigers' feelings onto the poor Lions. Yeah, I know. But if we're going to look at the bright side, uh, <laughs> Amon Ra, he, he, he dropped a pass in the game that, I mean, there was a lot of drops, too, that the Lions had. Mm-hmm. Char- or, false starts in the row. I yes. Was, I was mad. Josh Reynolds I was had a. In my TV. <laughs> Josh Reynolds dropped a, a huge pass. Amon Ra dropped a huge pass while they were driving. I mean, the game could have been much different, but again, the same mistakes. SOL, everybody's always talking about it, blah, 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 blah. And until that changes, then, you know, that's what you're going to have to deal with. But we lost by three against the team we weren't, weren't going to beat. Yeah, you still lost. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. So, but they can come out two and two after week four. I'll still be. I'll be locked in. If they can come out three and one, I'll I, I'll be like I don't know how we did this, but sure, okay. Um, they play the Patriots, who look very beatable right now. They did they did not score against uh, Miami this week, um, so they were shut <laughs> I'm out. Sorry, what? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, they were. I think. Oh, good. A double double check. Uh, no, they scored one touchdown. They lost twenty to seven though. So. That's a winnable game. And then the Cowboys just lost, lost Dak Prescott for a few months. So Cooper Rush currently is their starting quarterback. If we can't beat Cooper Rush, mm-hmm. but that's a, game that, that's a game that we'll probably lose. And then the Dolphins come to town and then the Packers. So the, the season could get away from us really quickly. Mm-hmm. But if they just, just win the games you're supposed to win, that's literally all that we're asking right now. We've been saying that, like, literally, we're asking for the bare minimum. We're asking for the bare minimum. Win the game. Win this game that you're favored in on Sunday. Just win. I don't care if you don't. You don't even need to cover. Give me a one-point victory. I'll be happy. Everybody, Everyone's happy with a win. Win the game against Seattle. Two game, two wins in a row. That's something to build off of. Uh, win the game in Dallas. That's a road game, but that's a winnable road game because you don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be. And I think Jared Goff is a better starting quarterback than Cooper Rush, right? I could be wrong. He has to prove yeah, it to me. Yeah, I don't me. know. But, yeah. Uh, Small sample size as of right now. The Bears won in a monsoon, but that's a divisional game that you can win. A divisional game that you might, that you maybe should win. Win that game. And then they'll just get polywopped on Thanksgiving by the Bills <laughs> because the Bills are just an absolute behemoth right now. That'll be fun. Mm-hmm. But, Later in the year, the Jacksonville Jaguars come into Detroit. Win that game. They're not any good. They are bad. The Jet go win another winnable road game against the Jets. They are not good. Win the beat the Bears at home. They're not very good. Win the games that so you're supposed to win. So it's sounding to me like the second half of the season is going to be kind of 
the winnable, the more winnable area. I, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say that because they got to go to Carolina late in the on Christmas Eve. Oh, okay. They'll have the Packers the last game of the year, and depending on what's happening with that, it's a winnable game. The Bears at home have to be a winnable game. The Vikings at home might. I don't know. And then they play the Giants. I mean, I don't it's know. Just, there's a lot of Minnesota energy in Detroit when they come into town. So it's just it's just like eh. like I look at the schedule now, and I was all excited. Like, hey, winning nine games <laughs> could be the doable. The difference seven days can make. I, I, but then you see the performance. Yeah. Yeah. You see the performance. Yeah, they 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 fought to the very end. Cool. That's a loss. The the Tigers won four straight division titles in in the in the mid 2010s or the early 2010s. Cool. Did you win a World Series? No. A World Series? Sorry, yeah. you said Tigers. I was like, wait. I what? said, yeah. Did you win <laughs> yeah, a World yeah. Series? No, you no. didn't. Right. Like, give me, like, give me something. Give me some. Did you're favored in a game at home this year? You weren't favored in any game last year. That's cool. Win the game. <laughs> um, thoughts on Aiden Hutchinson as of right now? I mean, small sample size. Personally, I don't want to go, oh, no, we should worry about this kid because it's been literally one game. That's a tough but, task. That's yeah. a tough That's a tough task. Mobile quarterback, first start of the year. <laughs> you can't You can't throw him away after one game. You would want him to, like, show up and show out and have, like, six sacks mm-hmm. in his rookie. But, I mean, we have to temper our expectations, too. Justin Fields last year was horrible. This, this, we, mm-hmm. this week – Week one, he looked pretty good. Don't you can't write him off right now. Yeah. I would agree. It's he did bad. he did he did not do a great job at containment. But uh that that's something you I I feel like that's something you can you can learn from. So you can position yourself better. So mm-hmm. those are my thoughts. On Aiden Hutchinson. I'm not concerned. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh, it's key. always yet. That's the only, that's the word that comes at the end of every sentence with these lines. Win the effing game. Beat the commanders or the football team, whatever the heck they're called. Ugh. Carson Wentz is horrible. Please beat him. It's going to be the battle. Somehow, some this is what's going to happen. Next week... I can't even say this with a straight face. Carson Wentz. <laughs> I, I said this to Luke, actually. So, uh, Michael Irving made a uh, prediction on, like, Fox Countdown or something that Kirk Cousins was going to throw eight touchdown passes against the Packers. It was, like, the bold, like, take whatever thing. So, yeah. it's like, everyone's like, oh, that's bold for sure. And after watching the game on Sunday, I'm like, no, they got it wrong. Carson Wentz is going to come into Detroit and he's going to throw eight touchdowns against, against the lions. And I was, and Luke, Luke laughed because Carson Wentz is a very much hated man here in Indianapolis, uh, due to last season, uh, last season's debacle. Uh, however, could I very much easily see Carson Wentz and Jared Goff just going nuclear and throwing a bunch of touchdown passes Maybe because that would that wouldn't make any sense to the general public, and the Lions often That's do how things. We roll here. The Lions often do things. Oh, I didn't even talk about this. The onside kick in the third quarter. Yes. What? <laughs> <laughs> I I guess Campbell defended it. He's like, I wanted the ball back, so we onside kicked. Okay. Your defense was already Swiss cheese, and you gave him the ball at the fifty. This is—I think we talked about this last year—that Campbell will not be afraid to make those crazy, stupid plays, like Correct. the trick plays and stuff. Um, yep. But but I think we talked about how like that will be how he will like get the upper hand against like some of these teams in the NFL because they'll be willing to do the trick play, they'll be willing to do like the goofy whatever, mm-hmm. and when it works out for him, it'll look really really good. This was one of those things that it did not work out for him, and I think you would really need to understand where your team was at at the moment. Give your defense like they were horrible. 
So give them a fighting chance to get a stop. Don't give them the... They scored a touchdown immediately after that. Don't give them the ball at the 50. When you're trying to mount a comeback... And then it ends up hurting them because they lose by three. You don't know what could have happened. Make them... Make the... This is my motto. This is my motto this year for the Lions. Make the other team beat you. If we see a, if we see a game where we beat ourselves... Seasons of failure. Not a failure, but it's like there's no change here. It's the same Lions. Mm -hmm. If we lose, because now my expectation is if we lose, we can't lose every game because that's just complete failure. But if if all the games that we lose this year are due to the fact that another team was just better than us, I think I could be okay with that. Not due to the fact of like a Pittsburgh last year where we tied and it was very clear that we could have won that game. Mm-hmm. Not not a Baltimore Ravens who kicked a 150-yard field goal. You know, and like we had literally like 11 seconds to stop the Ravens from going 80 yards and we couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if... If we just lose games because we're worse, like, okay, I can I can deal with that. None of this, none of this, just beating our. We had the lead against the Ravens. They had to drive. They had to drive sixty yards, and they did it in like less than twelve seconds. I remember Jason was losing his mind, and I was seeing it in the in the in the family chat. And my dad's like, "This game's not over." And then lo and behold. Freaking Justin Tucker kicks an NFL record field goal in a dome. He did in a dome. No, no wind, no anything. He he did it out of sheer freaking strength, fortitude, and spite from the football gods. Like, let make the other teams. I I watched that game. Make the other teams. Make the other teams beat you. Don't beat yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't put teams in a position to win the game anymore. You cannot do that. If it's simply because somebody breaks fifty tackles, or no, maybe that's no, that's not what I'm trying to say. But if it's if it's you just got the break speed off of you, you couldn't cover anybody. That's fine. You lose a, you lose every game by like three scores, and you're driving, and you make the mistake like going or doing an onside kick in the third quarter. That's beating yourself. <laughs> Mm-hmm. They had they had uh, Miles Sanders stopped on a fourth and eight in the fourth quarter or something or not a fourth and eight it was probably like a fourth and four or third and four. Um, he went he went to the tackle on the I guess if you're watching it head on you're in the backfield right side. Lions swarmed him, bounced outside and ran off for a twenty yard run. That can't happen. Mm-hmm. That cannot happen. Make the other teams beat you. That's the motto. That's the CNC replay motto for the Lions this year. Make them beat you. Do not beat yourself. Any other good thoughts? Half hour on the Lions. No. Yeah. No. Good. Yeah. Good half hour. F that. Uh, this podcast has just become depressing. This, this is just a depressing podcast. People want to get sad, they listen to this podcast. Corey, That's we what started do. off, we knew that this was not going to be good. We started off in the worst era of Detroit sports as a collective whole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Red Wings oh. train. Do you want to go to Red Wings to give you a little bit of hope, or do you want to go to Tigers? To- no, we got to do, we just got to do the Tigers, because yeah, I'll, I'll get be... get out of the way. Okay, so... Guess what, Noel? What? Twenty times. Yes. What? What? What do you mean? What do I mean by that when I say twenty times? Lord only knows. I have no idea. The the Detroit Tigers have been shut out twenty times oh, this year. Yeah, that's, that's I, a sad stat. I think it might even be more. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure. It might be twenty one. Might even be twenty two. They've been shut out in over. 10% of the ga- of the baseball games they play. So not only 
did they lose? They didn't score a run. They're on a they're on a two game runless streak right now. They got shut out in Kansas City. They won that series, so okay, cool, good for you, fine, whatever. Um, then then you let Fromber Valdez uh, pitch a complete game shutout against you in Detroit. So that's cool. I want to. I'll talk about a couple of good things first. Okay. You have good things to say. A about little the bit. Tigers? Uh, again, I don't know the tail end of that uh, L.A. series where like Ryan Kreidler and Kerry uh, Carpenter kind of went off for a little bit. They so this is this is what these two remind. They play very different positions. Look at them. Watch a couple of their highlights. They remind me of worse versions of Thomas Tatar and Gustav Nyquist because, like, when they were both <laughs> playing here, it was like they're the same player. You can't have both of them. They're, they're like the exact same player, and like at least like both. But we did have both of them for too long, and then we actually ended up like doing like fairly okay, like off the return. Like the Tatar return ended up being really, really good. We got a first, second, and a third round pick for him. Mm, yeah. I would that that was that was that was that was a steal. Um, I think Ken Holland made that trade too, so good for Ken. Um, but they're kind of the same player, and Kerry Carpenter is a little interesting because I don't understand how he gets the power that he does. He had a pitch out in L.A. that I was like, "How did you do that?" Like <laughs> it just looked really weird. But they've been because playing. Of- the, because it was form and like, like his flow, or because of just his yeah, it didn't it didn't look fluid and like his stance and his swing doesn't look like it would be a power like, like a power swing. Hmm. It just looks it looks kind of clunky, but it's been working. Okay. So like, there's not much to think. Those guys have been fairly impressive. I think honestly, I think uh, Kreidler has a chance to be the third baseman next year. Shortstop by trade, I think he'll just slide. But Candelario kind of heated up a little bit on that road trip, too. The problem is that we just have a lot of players, not necessarily a lot of talent. And it's frustrating with Candelario because we've seen him perform well. We saw him last year lead the major league in doubles, and then he just completely forgot how to play baseball this year. He's been a horrible defender, and he's been maybe the most inconsistent hitter on the team outside of Jonathan Scope. Um so that's when you begin to give a guy like a Kreidler or a Carpenter a shot in a, in a different position. Um, so those guys have been, um, I don't want to say impressive, but encouraging. Let's say encouraging. They've been encouraging uh, over these past few days. Um, and they're giving the young guys a chance. Eduardo Rodriguez has been eh, – he gave up a ton of runs against Houston, but Houston's got a really good offense. So, okay, fine, whatever. We're, it's very clear that this team is just trying to limp to the finish line. I did see a stat today that they have to go 9-12 and 12 to not finish with 100 losses from here on out. And that is like, uh, oh, to be – four wins under 500 like that doesn't in a, in that short of a vacuum that doesn't seem like an impossible task and yet and yet the tigers will look really good and then not score a run for four days so I, I, an enigma speaking of enigmas i want to talk about javier bias for a second okay because do you know how frustrated I've been with Javier Baez? Um, yeah, I witnessed it a little bit firsthand. So, yes. So I've been I've been very frustrated with Javier Baez. Javier Baez, of course, is our our guy, our savior mm-hmm. at the shortstop position. Um, Air quotes. But he has been a- anything anything but a savior at the shortstop position, given to the fact that he leads the MLB in errors by seven. The next closest player is, uh, has seven errors. Um, and his batting average is 231. He's only hit 12 home runs. Javier Baez leads the Tigers in war. 
<laughs> and somehow, some way, Javier Baez is like our best player somehow. So this is our best player who has a 231 batting average and a 273 on base percentage. And a guy who just mind-numbingly swings at the slider at the outset. We don't have to get into that. By all of the advanced metrics, given how poor... I, and this is maybe why people don't understand the advanced metrics. Because you see a guy like this play, and you're like, wow, he has 24 errors. That's not very good. Wow, he swings at a slider on the outside corner every single time. That is not good. Wow, he has a 273 on base percentage. I know that that's not good. But but yet, somehow, he still is a positive war player. Like, all of the other plays that he doesn't, that he doesn't, like, or that he does make is, like, super exciting. Javier Baez is an enigma. Because, like, I've even found myself, I'm like, eh, Baez, like, that's cool. He hit a double. Like, that's fun. Oh, like he's excited. He like when he when he when he hits when he's like he's got he's got a he's is in the words of Delaney Disher he's got mamacita energy. Um, <laughs> and like he's an exciting player, but he's not like that good. So what do you do with that? Because it's like a, it's like a different vibe. Like it's like Cabrera has his past. He's got all the accolades, and like mm-hmm. like okay. Like, yeah, it's Cabrera. So that's kind of how we feel about him. With Baez, like, he hasn't really done anything, but yet still the advanced metrics say, like, he's, like, good. And, like, I've even heard things that, like, he doesn't, like, watch pitching reports or read pitching reports, and yet he still somehow finds a way to be a positive war player. Like, I don't know what to do with him quite yet. This is it. If Corey's the GM, this is this is what Corey would do. Okay, I, honestly, I would cut Jonathan Scope. Just give him the money and tell him to go away. And he's he's hurt. But he but that's been really weird too because he's been like a Gold Glove caliber player. Like he like leads all second baseman in defensive runs saved. I don't again the metrics. I don't know how. I don't know where you get. I don't know where you get those things. Or you could just, or as soon as you cut, you know, scope, he'll probably just be hotter than the center of the sun. But, you know, that's whatever. If you got to keep by, I would love to see Javier Baez at second base. I think majority of his errors, I would say, have been due to his arm. I've heard things, I've seen things that maybe he just doesn't have the arm strength to play shortstop. And I'm like, but he's made some stupid plays from from shortstop. Maybe it's a consistency thing. I don't know. But if you put him at second base, all of these throws that you've seen Torkelson or whoever the heck were the corpse of whoever were thrown out at first base, they've they've saved Baez from probably 10 or more other throwing errors. What do you do with a guy like that who's got a seemingly a good glove? Move him. Move him to second. Get him more confident there. Make sure the errors go down. Maybe he can be a gold glove caliber player there. He's He was a second baseman in Chicago. I think he played second base uh, with the Mets as well because Lindor uh, was uh, the shortstop when he was when he was traded there for half the season. Stick him there. Figure it out. And for the love of everything that is holy, get the man to watch a scouting report. Tell him that, hey, you're swinging at a slider at the outside corner. And I think that's an ineptitude of the hitting coach as well. Cool ball has been – I don't know why he's here. I don't think he will be next year. If he is, then what are we doing? Um, get him to scout or something. Like, please. It, it just makes it makes zero sense. He's an enigma because when he's on, he's a great player. He really is. An MVP player type player. And you know what's crazy? His strikeout numbers this year are down. Did you know that? Hmm. I didn't know. I I was I was uh dumbfounded that they were down. And I think 
like a strikeout percentage, I, it doesn't have it on baseball reference. I can't look it up right now. Um, but in so he played in 91 games with the Chicago Cubs in 2021, and he had 131 strikeouts. In 125 games with the Tigers, he has 128. So in 30, 34 more games, at that point, he has he has just about the same strikeouts, if that makes sense. Hmm. Maybe that doesn't make sense. And then when he went to New York in 47 games, he had 53 strikeouts. So over, over a strikeout a game in New York. And he's just barely over a strikeout a game right now for the whole okay. season. So okay. let's so if we get the total number, so he had a hundred he played in 138 games last year and he led the league in strikeouts, 184 strikeouts. So mm-hmm. they the numbers are down. They are mm-hmm. they are down. Mm-hmm. Who's to say he just bottoms out the rest of the year? So we saw improvement in that area, but literally everywhere else has been a drop off. Mm-hmm. So we've How seen that. Well, sorry, go ahead. No, keep. I, I was I just going to ramble. The subject. So if you had more things to say, go for it. I I, don't, I really don't. I really don't know what else to say other than the fact that he had a really good run with the Mets in his short period of time, even while striking out. In 47 games, he batted 299, had a 371 on base percentage, and slugged 515 with a 886 OPS. So he had a very good tenure with the Mets by all standards. Right now, he's under the league average for OPS. He's definitely under the league average for slugging, and he's for sure under the league average in uh, on-base percentage. So, yeah. Um, that's all I got. He's an enigma. I like I like him, kind of, but I also don't because he that pisses me off. the general consensus. Of, yeah. I like him, question mark? Yeah. Just brutal. Absolutely brutal. How do you feel about Torkelson since he's been back? He's looked from his better. Stint in the minors. He's looked better. He hit a massive home run in LA, which he needed. Um, I think if he if he can just get a hold of an MLB fastball, he'll be fine. Because he's got he's a pretty good defender, I would say, mm-hmm. and we kind of need that at first base. This is this is again what I want. This is what maybe if they don't make any moves, this is what the infield is going to look like. You'll have Torkelson at first. I mean, maybe you move Baez to second, or no, you'll have to keep. If they don't make any moves, it'll be Torkelson, Scope, Baez, and Kreidler. I think they would cut Candelario in the offseason or not tender him. Um, if they okay. do make some moves and they sign a free agent shortstop, you move by as a second base, and you figure out what the heck you're going to do with Scope. Or if you want to keep Torkelson down, you move Scope to first base because he's done he's done pretty well there too. But I think I think Torkelson could be very good. He he's he did not have he did not have the minor league experience like Riley Green had he had a he had a season completely cut short Mm -hmm. and then he was kind of fast-tracked he wasn't ready like let's let's be real his numbers weren't impressive before he was called up they weren't and he got thrown into a bad situation and he Mm -hmm. suffered for it so with like next to no support either yeah from anybody Uh, yes so uh, last thing too, um, before we get off, Tigers GM search. Uh, Lynn Henning had a report. Uh, it was like a couple of weeks ago um, about some potential options. Len, uh, Henning lists Tigers assistant GM Sam Menzen, Dodgers senior VP of baseball ops Josh Burns, and Cardinal special assistant to the GM Matt Slater as three people who are believed to be under heavy consideration for the full-time manager role. Let me say this. If the Tigers hire from within again, 
I will denounce my fandom. <laughs> I will become a Cubs, Mariners, some, some, I will not root for this team anymore. You have a lot of merch to get rid of. I do. Well, I, I say that, I say that cause it's not going to happen cause I won't, but I will be very unhappy if that happens. You already did that. You're just going to hate watch. I'm going to hate watch. You already did that. You, you fired, you fired Dombrowski because you wanted a change of, of uh, leadership. You wanted a different voice. Okay. So what do they do? They hire Avila who was his protege. Mm-hmm. And obviously he didn't learn anything. <laughs> Or he did learn things, just not the stuff that helped. No, he didn't learn anything because if he would have learned something, he would have gone and signed all of these players for massive contracts, but he just gave bigger contracts to worse players. Mm. So he did everything that was wrong with Dombrowski and did it to 10. But we're done making fun of Al Avila because he's enjoying retirement. So Al, have fun in retirement. Um, I want Josh Burns. I want anybody who's associated with the Dodgers because they know how to develop talent. They are the best team in baseball, and they have the number three farm system in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. The Dodgers haven't picked in the top ten of the MLB draft in probably my entire life. Yet they have somehow the third best, third best uh, prospect pool in all of baseball. How's that happen? It's because they know how to draft. That's something we haven't known how to do either. Another deficiency of the Alavila tenure. Get me that guy. If these are your finalists, if these are the guys that you're going to get, outside of a Lethnow, outside of a Theo Epstein, who would be my number one choice, because this would be that would be the fastest track rebuild that we would see. Get me to him, please. All right. I'm done with them. Done with the Tigers. Sounds good. Uh, Pistons. Really, the only thing we got is the jersey drop. Um, yes. Pretty sure it was a jersey inspired by the old bad boys warm-ups, the white yes. ones with the stripes across. It was. I still not a fan. I don't hate them. Like I'm not like burn it in a fire. I just think they're fine. I honestly would have loved if it was a one-to-one, like a, a white jersey. I would have loved the white jersey. I think it's the black that's throwing me off. If I'm being real honest. I like I can... the shorts. The shorts are sweet. Yeah. It's just, I don't love the, the, the top to me looks like Tommy Hilfiger. An Olympic. Yes. Uh, is it Tommy Hilfiger? Yeah. Um, looks like that, but it looks like some sort of Olympic Jersey. And I don't love that for an NBA team. Well, the Pistons colors are red, white, and blue. So that's... I understand this. I get yeah. it, but it doesn't have to look like a team USA Jersey. Sure. That's fair. I th- I think they're kind of cool. That, jer- that jersey's going to grow on people, I think. It's way better than, like, the racing stripe, like, gray Pistons jersey that they had and the racing stripe uh, red and blue Pistons jersey they had. Those were both hideous. Um, <laughs> and I think we all liked the circle Detroit, but that looked too much like uh, Denver's circle mm-hmm. jersey. It was also so pretty plain. Like- it yeah. It was clean, but it was just like not a ton going on. Correct. So I think this jersey is specifically unique to the Pistons, which is kind of what they're looking for. Outside of the teal, this is what they're going for this year. So they're bringing the teal back. Nobody has a teal jersey. Or I mean, mm-hmm. a teal jersey like the Pistons do. Yeah. Everybody has a black jersey, but no one really kind of has a black jersey like this. It's got the DET on it. You know, it screams the city, whatever. The shorts are sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I it, it pays homage to the Bad Boy Pistons. It basically combines the black Bad Boys T-shirt with the Bad Boys warm-ups, makes them into the makes them into one thing. I think they'll look great. You see them on the court. You'll see them against some some other team. I think they'll look really really cool. They won't look as good as the teal, and I think everybody's looking forward to the teal. But I think the NBA just as a philosophical thing, they have way too many jerseys. <laughs> they, and this is coming from the Jersey man. The Jersey guy. The yeah. Jersey. It's kind of like the Sharks. The Sharks have had, I think, 10 jerseys in the past two years. That's too many. There's too many. Is it too many because you can't buy them all, or is it actually too many? 
No, it's it's too many because like a like you don't like some of these jerseys like aren't even the same color scheme. Like the Bucks have like had a jersey that wasn't even their colors or anything related to their colors. Uh, the Boston Red Sox for the City Connect jersey, like the it's yellow and blue, and it's for the Boston Marathon. Mm-hmm. And I guess I could be a stickler about the Rockies City Connect jersey because it's like the mountains, but it's like the license plate. So maybe. I think you have to be very careful when you go away from team colors and just like do like city thing. So like you can do a city thing, make it, make it like a team color that they've actually had, not something that's just pertaining to the city that you're in. It just adds to to like a bunch of confusion. And like with, with all the turnover that you see in the NBA, like if we wanted that, we all liked that piston circle Jersey, right? If we wanted a Kate Cunningham jersey, he never wore that jersey. So we couldn't get it. You know, oh, but we like that jersey. Or, like, even, like, the the Pistons jersey is cool. I like the white home Pistons jersey. I, I think that's pretty sharp. I think the blue is pretty nice, too. But now you have the you have the teal you have this black one you're gonna if they make it to the playoffs somehow you're gonna have their earned it jersey which like teams get a new jersey if they make it to the playoffs from the previous year like i love the concept but you're really saturating like the market i think Mm -hmm. we also have to remember that where did that thought just go i don't know I know, just like it expired in my brain. Um, pit, not Pistons jerseys, basketball jerseys, NBA jerseys are in and of themselves fashion items. Like oh, they're sure. not like just for the sports fan, right? Sure. So there, there is the other element of this. If we make more designs, more people will buy them who are not in our specific market because they want the cool new thing. Right. Like there but, is that piece of it as well. And you can't get them though. They're really hard to find. Like they make one rotation and then you can't get them anymore. Mm-hmm. Or if you or if you're bad, like the Pistons, you can get whatever you want because no one wants to buy the jersey. But like like the good teams, like the Miami Vice, Miami Heat jerseys, like you can't get them. You, you they're sweet. You can't get them anymore because they're 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 just out. And then they did this stupid like like uh, hostage letter. Miami jersey look it up it's gross it is gross and not gross to like the good term but I think mm, I don't know don't want it to be oversaturated or Mm -hmm. change the jersey every year and like you only use two jerseys I will say that the one thing that about this jersey that I love is that what it was inspired by a voicemail left on the Pistons machine was it? It was. Yes, it was. It was a guy who was calling in. Um, he was like, let's get some black back up in here. Like, black, red, and blue. Let's do it. It's it's a really fun uh, voicemail if you have the chance to look it up. I think they posted it on their Twitter probably, like, a week and a half ago. Um, like, when they were doing the whole, like, drop series for the, for the jerseys. Um, but it was just some really avid Detroit Pistons fan who was just like, this is the jersey I want. Please, please make it happy happen. And they were like, yeah, we got okay. you. And then, cool. you know, they had him on a couple of days. Like, they gave him a jersey himself. They were He was on the social media for a hot minute. Yeah. It was a good time. That's awesome. I love, love that, that about that. But. We do love not, that. I'm a little bit iffy on. We love that. Alrighty, and we're Jersey Talk. And the Jersey Talk. Finish it off with something that has hope. I guess the second half of our episode had hope because the fact that we have no news like on the court with the Pistons is probably good because that means the bad team that got all this talent like uh, I'm talking about my rear end right now. It's it's okay that we don't this, but it's it's okay that we don't have Pistons news because we'll just wait for the season to happen preseason. Preseason is just around the corner. Starts uh, at the beginning of this month. Um, so that's good. Um, but as far as our team with the most hope in Detroit and the most hope for a playoff berth, the Detroit Red Wings are starting one of our favorite things, 
that our Detroit sports teams do is their prospect tournament in Traverse City, which is coming up this weekend. Like by the time you hear this, like it'll either be happening or it will be done. Um, whenever you listen to this podcast, like the tournament will be done. Well, yeah, but if we release this tonight, might, it might still be in the future. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but yes. So there's not really much to talk. I think a lot of what people have been saying and what you've been looking at, the uh, prospect pool this year is a little bit uh, less than in previous years. There's no Raymond. There's no uh, Cider. Uh, There's no, like, big name. Right. You have Edvinson. He's going to be there. So that's cool. But it's not his his first time. Sure. So he'll probably be wearing the A. But it'll be fun. And, like – it's it's not as exciting because they only did six teams again. I would like to like them actually like have a game like every other or like as soon as one game's over. It's like the March Madness field. As soon as one's game's over, you can go to the other arena and then watch that game. And then that game's over, mm-hmm. you can go to the other arena and watch that game. Um, I don't want I hope I really hope that that's not the future of the tournament. And I think it's mostly just like COVID stuff that they're still trying to get through. Um, but uh that's a lot of fun if you're out there you should go noel you should maybe try to convince somebody to go with you yeah i don't have any time that's fine that's the problem but if it's anything and gas yeah, yeah that's true if anything the one thing you should watch everyone's favorite there was last year there was t-bone i can't remember his last name this year we have ivan 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 Forward from the Czech Republic. His you name. Didn't that right, Corey didn't stutter. His first, middle, and last name are all Ivan. And if he somehow ever makes the team, I have got to get that jersey. There's it's not gonna have no... all three names on it. It's just I don't care. Just Ivan. Okay. No, just, just, just Ivan, and I'll be like, hey, "Whose jersey you got? Oh, Ivan, Ivan, Ivan." It's like, do you have a stutter? Just call him Ivan Ivan. Are you having a stroke? And I'll be like, no, it's Ivan Ivan Ivan. You're going to sit here and tell me if he ever makes the team that the Red Wings are not going to milk saying Ivan 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 all the time? Yes, because they've already just started saying Ivan Ivan. They have not been saying his middle name. Oh, man. To heck with you. <laughs> because I'm right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, chill out. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, some other names to watch for that. Um, Cross Hanas, Hannes, I can never remember how to pronounce that man's name. Um, he's a forward. Elmer Soderbloom is back. Sebastian Kosa is going to be back on the team. Um, Edmondson, obviously. Um, Robert Johansson had a, had a season in GR, so he's going to be on this tournament. So we'll see you know, what this, what this, uh, prospect tournament yields. I don't know where my brain is tonight, but it's not working. Yeah. Also, you're very distracting. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. Um, yeah. Other than that, I think the only other fun thing that happened for the Red Wings this week is that both, uh, Jacob Rana and Mo Sider did interviews with the guys from 32 Thoughts, the podcast. Um, yeah, well, cause they did like their Europe tour, like all the European players were in France hanging out doing stuff mm-hmm. to impress, um, some fun tidbits about that. Both Mo and Verana love Larkin, like would not stop talking about how much they love that man. Um, that's good. Right. Uh, Mo is really grateful for Nick Cronwall and how he has helped him develop um just in checking i think is a lot of it but in other ways as a defenseman sure um if mo had a vote to vote for calder he would have chosen raymond over himself which i thought was Uh, cute um would have been wrong but (laughs) right but i think you got to choose your your bud over yourself yes um Jacob Rana is the only Red Wing player that lives downtown, and everybody asks him why. Everybody on the team is like, why do you live downtown? What What is the purpose of this? And he's like, 
because it's great down here. And also I have a four minute commute to the office, so I don't have to wake up early if I don't want to. Um, that was his reasoning. He's like, literally, I don't like waking up in the morning. So if I can be there after just rolling out of bed five minutes ago, great. Yeah. Um, I do the same thing, Jacob. Yeah. Right. I know. So I don't know. That was, that was fun. Good little tidbits. Uh, Jacob Rana is also focusing on putting on weight, putting on bulk this off season. Uh, given his injury history, I hope that that is helpful because we do not need him going down in preseason again. Correct. After being on the ice for like four minutes or whatever it was. Correct. So things to look forward to. I'm excited for the Red Wings seasons to start again. I'm very tired of watching the Lions or really just, I haven't even been watching the the Lions, the Tigers. I haven't even been watching them. They're not worth it. You you be sad about it. (laughs) So we want something happy back in our lives. They're not worth it to watch. Don't do it. Don't fall into the trap. Unreal. It's a trap. It's a trap. Yes. Alrighty, folks. Do you have anything else? No. No more. No mas. No mas. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, Give us a like and follow. Um, Rate us five stars. Share with a friend. We appreciate it. And hope you have a great week. Go Lions.